This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're now listening to Boomsies with Dan O'Toole on the Bet Rivers Network. Monday, Monday, Boomsies, December 19th, 2022. All the year-end lists are coming out. Everyone's got their Spotify wrapped. I got my golf wrapped. Uh, golf Canada, if you keep a uh, if you keep a handicap going, they send you a list of how you did all year, and and uh, I got mine. I played uh, twenty not oh sorry thirty nine rounds, thirty nine rounds of golf. My best round was an eighty two. Got my handicap. I started the year in eighteen. I'm down to a thirteen. I can do better. I still have had no lessons. Ah, I love this job because it's given me uh, my ability to golf. I hadn't golfed forever. Love all the year-end lists. And what a weekend in sports, man. Possibly one of the greatest weekends ever. Like, it had at least two moments, two where-were-you-when moments. You're lucky to have a couple of those in a year, let alone on the same day. The first being the World Cup. Now, you know me. I'm a big soccer guy. I have seen at least 10 soccer games start to finish. And of all the games I've seen, the World Cup final this year between Argentina and France was the best one I've ever seen. I was glued. Argentina lulls you into, okay, this the you want to watch the Messi story. You're like, ah, oh, this is this was written in the stars for Messi to finally win the World Cup. They're up to nothing. I want to watch the celebration. And then France comes back. 
They tie it. Mbappe has the greatest World Cup game in history. As they go to overtime, he scores again. So he scored two in regulation, scores another to tie it in overtime. Why it's not sudden death is beyond me. That would have solved all the issues. They wouldn't have needed penalty kicks because it would have been one in overtime. Uh, officials expecting 1.5 billion viewers across the globe. Every person I spoke to yesterday had watched the World Cup. And they're like, Dan, you're a soccer guy. I'm like, huge. You know I'm in front of the TV for that one. By the way, uh, this is a dog uh, in my lap. His name's Max. He's visiting for two weeks. Got two weeks to make sure stays alive. He's not on life support or anything. He's just, we're looking after him. Well, a family friend heads home for the holidays. So, Maxie boy is uh, hanging out with us. He's fine. I consider it the greatest soccer game of all time. But what do I know? In the lead-up to the World Cup, we talked to, talked to our good friend Gareth Wheeler. He previewed the World Cup uh, and Canada's chances. So I figured since we started the World Cup with Gareth, we should finish the World Cup with Gareth and find out from him if it was, in fact, the greatest soccer match ever. Hey, Dan. Greatest game of all time. I think it might have to be. And sometimes we approach these, these things with recency bias, but when it comes to what we experienced in the World Cup final this time around, I don't know how you say no. Like the 1954 final was great. The match of the century, 1970 semifinal between Italy and West Germany. I can rhyme you off a bunch of games that may or may not have any context for you, but this game had everything. You had a living legend, Lionel Messi, um, you know, staking his claim as the greatest of all time, winning a World Cup for the first time in five tries with Argentina. You had Kylian Mbappe, a player who's going to shatter the record books when all is said and done in his career at World Cups. He's already scored 12 World Cup goals in two World Cups. He's 23. He's only four goals behind the all-time lead of Miroslav Klose in 16 all-time. A ridiculous performance. The, the fact that a team came from two goals down with the stakes so high... And the unpredictability, two goals in extra time, tactical changes, the eyes of the world on these two emerging superstars and two footballing nations. You just have to say it's the greatest game of all time. You know, I can think of Champions League games as well. You know, in the 99 final, Manchester United, Bayern Munich, 2005 final, Liverpool and AC Milan. Like these are great games, but the World Cup once every four years, the scale, the star power, the unpredictability, the pageantry of it all. It, the, the game just had everything. And I think it goes beyond that, Dan. I think it can go to the point of the greatest sporting event of all time. You know, Tiger Woods at the U.S. Open or the Masters or Federer Nadal or, uh, you know, the Red Sox coming from behind with the Dave Roberts steal. Like, there's been wonderful uh, sporting moments that we've had over the course of our, our lives and even before that. But the World Cup, once every four years, the magnitude of that sport in that event, in that moment, 
it was an absolute all-timer, something that I don't think any of us will ever forget. And it's one for, for the absolute history books and one that will be talked about uh, for years to come. Uh, the greatest game of all time for me, it just has to be. There you go. And Karis said something very profound. It may be the greatest sporting event ever. That's hard to wrap your head around. You're like, well, I watched it. I was alive to see the greatest sporting event ever. Yeah, you were. Same with Garris. I was like, what about that 1954 final? That was a gem. I was comparing it to, was that game even televised? Do we have TV in 1954? Yes. Oh, we did. Okay. Black and white? Yes. Ah, okay. It was black and white TV. And I'm sure the pitch looked like it was uh, part of a war. And it was probably wet. And very loose-fitting clothing on the soccer players. And probably fans just coming and going onto the field. 1954. And Mbappe's only 23? Why didn't they say that during the broadcast at all? Hey, this guy there, yeah, he's 23. He hit the one-timer. He hit a one-timer with such precision I'd never seen in a soccer game before. I'm like, my eyes, they'd be lying. No, they aren't, Dan. Those eyes be speaking the truth. The greatest sporting event ever on the planet we may have all watched together. This past weekend. And it also proved that Twitter is still a viable thing. Because after that game, you're like, I want to see people's reaction. And that's where Twitter still works. The youngest person on Twitter is probably 38. But it still works for us old geezers. But it even made it onto the TikTok. I'm not made it on to TikTok. I'm not calling it the TikTok. I just spoke wrong there. Uh, my daughter Ruby was playing a game where like Messi was a CGI character, and you're like, you're playing a game with Messi. And I'm like, this is great. It's cross platforms. TikTok had had sent out something earlier in the day. You're watching the game. So the younger generation knew it was happening. Everyone in this house knew it was happening. They watched it maybe for a couple minutes, which is big for them. So the greatest sporting event in the history of our earth. If it's not it, it's in the running. And if it's not it, what was? So that happens. And then later in the day, I'm going outside to watch little Maxi here. And because of our Bet Rivers app, I didn't have to miss a second of football. Because you click on the app if you're in Ontario and click on uh, the football game. So the, the Pats and Raiders were finishing things up. So I hit it. Live view. I'm watching the game out in the freezing cold. 
tie game, Raiders kicking the ball off. I'm like, okay, I'll just, I don't want to freeze my hand here holding this phone. Maxie, you do your business, and then uh, we'll get back inside. Before I went back inside, I opened up Twitter. And it had blown up for the second time that day. People were like, what just happened? What were the Patriots thinking? I'm like, well, they lost it that quickly in overtime. No, that game didn't get to overtime. Because the Patriots, in a tie game, ran the ball and then started lateraling it. And then threw it back so far. They tried to throw it back to their quarterback. The Raiders intercepted ran over the Patriots quarterback, and then won the game. In a tie game, they tried to do something that even if they executed everything that they were doing, could not have been accomplished. And I had a friend at that game who is a Patriots fan. So I called him. I said, uh, what the hell's going on? Not knowing he had been at the game, he was on his way out. He's like, fire everyone. Fire everyone. Find new players. And that man is our friend Sully, who's appeared on this podcast before. And Sully has his take on a game he was in attendance for. Another where were you when moment that happened on Sunday. O'Toole. Checking in after the Raider Pats game, and I'm thoroughly disgusted with the display that the Patriots put on today. I can't believe that they were throwing that ball around. It was tied, O'Toole. Tied. They weren't losing, they were tied. All they had to do was go down, play for overtime. I've seen a lot of sports in my life, I've been part of amazing comebacks. Me and the fabulous Schmoopy were at the Super Bowl with the Falcons, 28-3. to We got to witness that live and in person as the comeback. But to go from such, yeah, it's going to go into overtime, free football, to what the f- just happened? And every single bet that I had, gone as Chandler Jones pushes Mac Jones to the ground like a toddler and sprints into the end zone. Raiders win, Pats lose. Horrible display of professional football by my New England Patriots. And Sully also has a season-long bet on the Patriots. The over-under for their wins for the season was eight and a half. They're at seven right now. So now he's got to sweat it out. He took the over. For the Patriots wins for the season. Now he's got to sweat it out. Over the last month of the season. (laughs) Oh man. And he said people in attendance. Didn't even fully comprehend. What was happening. As we bring in producer Tim. And Z money. So we had those two events. But gentlemen. You have even one more to add to the pile from this past weekend, and it happened on Saturday. Yeah, Dan, did you uh, see that Vikings comeback against the Colts? I did not see a second of it. Reason being, 
again, I checked the Bet Rivers app. I'm like, okay, Colts have got this in hand. I can continue. I had to drop the kids at the mall, so I'm waiting out uh, at the mall. I'm like, I don't even need to click into this game. It's over. Uh, there's no reason for my eyes to ever gaze upon this game, but it wasn't over. No, Minnesota was trailing 33 to nothing with eight minutes and 30 seconds left in the third quarter. They managed to win the game in overtime, 39 to 36. Kirk Cousins, 460 yards, four touchdowns. The last time, the last team to overcome a deficit of 24 plus points in a regular season game was Washington over Tampa Bay in 2015 when Kirk Cousins was the quarterback in Washington then as well. So with the win, the Vikings secured the top spot in the NFL's North Division. It was insane. I can't believe the Colts choked that away. And it's been one of those seasons where each weekend on Twitter, you see people saying like, this is the worst season in NFL history as far as teams collapsing and playing poorly, which also makes it the most entertaining in recent memory. And then we have producer Tim's Buffalo Bills on Saturday night with a game that was minutes away from being played in a snowstorm. And which started with fans pelting everyone on the field with snowballs and they got warned, stop throwing snowballs or your team's going to get penalized. And Bills fans listened. So, Tim, your Bills were part of an historic weekend in sports? Uh, Yeah, well, you know, they have a tendency to do that kind of thing. Bills bills go big, go long. Uh, I was worried that they were going to get a penalty because they didn't really stop. They slowed down. They didn't really stop throwing snowballs. (laughs) All through that game, people were getting pelted. Well, I saw visuals from the parking lot when people were leaving the stadium, and it was a whiteout. They just missed it by a half hour or so. Yeah, I mean, it was fourth quarter, and it started coming down pretty good. It looked pretty, though. And I'm going to ask Z-Money and you this, Producer Tim, and I think I already know the answer. So when it starts to snow on a game, and you're watching it, I always think back to playing video game football, how every single time you played, no matter what game model you had, you always played at least one game in the snow. So your mind always goes back to, this is just like playing Madden football in the snow. This is just like it. Gentlemen, every person that owned a football video game played at least one game in the snow. Correct. Right. Oh yeah. Big oh time. yeah. Cause it was cool. Cause they would actually, the players would slide around when you were, when it was snowing the best. But then after a while you're like, okay, this is dumb. <laughs> this, this is making for poor football. Let's go back to uh, 80 degrees and sunny. Ah. Snowstorms are fun, but the cleanup, Not so fun. I sent an Instagram video out uh, the other day because we had a really heavy snow. That was on Friday. We had really, like, the heaviest snow I've ever felt in my life where each shovel, and I'm not exaggerating, weighed about 25 pounds. 
each shovelful 25 pounds because it was just sopping wet. It was so wet, you couldn't even make snowmen out of it because the uh, the snowballs were too heavy once you started rolling them along. So I finished the driveway. Now, I don't have a big driveway, but I get to the end, clean it all off, and I look at the road. I'm like, okay, they haven't cleaned with the snowplow close to my driveway. I know what's going to happen. He's going to come. All that slush is ending up in my driveway. Sure enough, he comes by. And thank you to all the, the snowplow operators. We love you. Yeah, you keep the, the economy going. You keep us safe. We know you, what your job is. But is there a way in the year 2022 to not have one hour added to our lives in clearing the end of the driveway after the snowplow goes by? Is there not a solution? And I know there is. In some cities, they have an arm that drops down off the snowplow, clears the end of the driveway, lifts up, moves on. And if anyone's going to say, well, that's going to add too much time to their route. The amount of time it adds to their entire route doesn't even equal what it takes one person to clear the end of the driveway. And other people that say, suck it up. I'm like, but why? Why are we just accepting a problem we've had our entire lives? Why aren't we trying to fix it? Do you like having an hour added to your shoveling time? We can fix this. Another idea was a a flamethrower that's embedded at the end of your driveway that just shoots up and melts all the snow. And then I got into thinking, well, that's municipality-owned property. Isn't it kind of their job to clear off the end of my driveway? Because I can't legally build anything on the end of my driveway because they own it. So shouldn't they clear it off? So I'm open for all your end-of-driveway clearing solutions because we don't have to just accept it. Why do we? Why do we have to suck it up and just do it? Why can't we fix it? That's my rant for the day. I'm Dan O'Toole, and that's my rant. Right, Maxie? You get stuck in that snowbank. Moving on. Uh, let's uh, switch to some non-sports news. Uh, we should talk about uh, we should talk about Elon. Oh boy! I, I don't. I don't that, mean he it. was at the World Cup. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, he was uh, with uh, Jared. Jared Kushner. Cool, cool. Can't imagine a more socially awkward uh, engagement between two people. So, do you like and stuff? Elon, yeah, I like stuff. Elon needs a stylist. Because his look now is black pants and a t-shirt, and it's not working. If I had all the money in the world, I wouldn't walk around making it look like I had all the money in the world, but like Conor McGregor, he's got a lot of money, and the guy dresses very well. He's got a stylist. He's got suits. Like You're like, whoa, look at that guy. That, look at what's going on there. Elon, you're like, is everything okay? Eh. Was that shirt even iron? Did you just take it out of the box and put it on? Elon, you've got money to buy nicer shirts. You you can still wear t-shirts, but they can 
maybe fit you better. Just trying to help out. Okay, continue, Tim. Come on, Dan. He's got more important things to do than worry about how he's dressed. He doesn't have to do it, though. I know. Someone lays out his clothes. It's like a stereotype for Silicon Valley CEOs. It's like, oh, no, no, I have to wear the same thing every day, and it has to be wrinkly. Oh, right. That's what uh, Steve Jobs did. He wore a black turtleneck. Yeah. And what's her name at Theranos? She did the same thing. She imitated Steve Jobs. Whoa, what's Theranos? You never heard that story? This Theranos, she, it was a company that was started uh, to make small blood testing machines. And then the idea was that you just one drop of blood and you could like get diagnosed for all these diseases or whatever. And you didn't have to have like blood tests every day and get poked and prodded with all these needles. Okay, I'm listening. Go on. Yeah. Well, you know, it was all a scam. Ah, so, okay. okay. She just she was infatuated with becoming a CEO. So and she never even had a product. She was just they had it the all up. they had the product, but it clearly didn't work. It was going to take at least years to get it to work, if ever. So they faked all the results and got more funding. And yeah, they took a lot of people for a lot of money. Uh, that's she just like got tw- sentenced to jail not too long ago. Yeah. I can't wait till the story comes out about 23 and me and all those ones where they're like, yeah, we just uh, threw your your name into a random generator and just threw your results. Well, who, what are you going to say? Who's ever, who's ever going to call them out on it? Yeah. I'm sure like they would never sell the, that data to anybody. Definitely not. Oh, that's being sold to everyone. Oh, yeah. So anyway... Elon went through his whole thing last week where he he uh, banned the Elon Jet account that he said he wasn't going to ban. And then he went on Twitter Spaces to talk about the reporters that he also had banned, even though they didn't violate any of the terms of service. He had a fit on Twitter Spaces, so he got rid of Twitter Spaces. Uh, and now he's done this stupid poll. He's got to stop with the polls. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, and, should uh, I the step poll down? Is- and supposedly it's a fake poll because already he's been told by his investors you have to step down and uh, he's already got someone who's going to replace him. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I know he was getting pressure from Tesla investors saying, uh, you know, pick a company. Yeah. But yeah, so anyway. I, I just discovered the- that uh, the night that happened. So I'm on the, the Twitter app and it pops up at the top of your feed and it's like, 50,000 people are listening. I never knew Twitter spaces existed until the day he edited it. So he went out with with a bang because all these people must have heard, oh, Elon's on here speaking. I didn't even know that. I saw a couple of acquaintances like Jeremy Taggart was on. I'm like, oh, what's Jeremy listening to? I don't even know what this, this thing is. And I believe this would be Twitter's take on, what was the other thing called Clubhouse? Was that the other app that came out like uh, in the last year and it, it's gone? I don't it's know. It's fizzled out. I don't but know. it was where you all get around with other creators and you talk. You talk about stuff. And that's what this was. So Twitter Spaces, eh, she gone? As far as I know, it's gone. I mean, I haven't checked, but then again, I never used Twitter Spaces either. So, But you guys do have to agree. This past weekend was what was a weekend that Twitter was made for, where we all 
felt like it was the old Twitter again. You get going there for people's reaction. It's a, it's a group experience where you're seeing everyone's joy. You're seeing people's uh, deflation after the event. You're seeing Argentina go crazy. Uh, you're seeing Patriots fans break TVs and stuff. That's what Twitter's all about. So it, it was like the grand old days, maybe for one last hurrah. And then I saw someone else post. Uh, Matt O'Brien, actually, the comedian, he's been on the show. He's like, hey, kid, how hard is it to create a new app where people just send messages? How, how hard is this? Because it seems very simplistic. In its, in its actual purpose. I mean, Twitter founder Jack Dorsey is working on a new uh, a new social media app, I guess. I don't know. Oh, I it's... got a name for it. Jack Off. I think he's already got a name. I can't remember what it is, but he's got a name already. So maybe... Uh, maybe that's a free one. We'll pass on that one. <laughs> but uh, I think the last poll numbers I saw for Elon... Yes, 57.5% of the people responding was to 17.5 million people say he should step down. So, you know, fingers crossed. Fake news. It's all bots. It <laughs> doesn't matter results of any poll or election now. People are never, it's just, oh God. We're stuck in a, stuck in a strange time. But, hey, we're surviving. We're still having these collective moments. The World Cup. Everyone. And that's why it does make it the greatest sporting event of all time, like Gareth said, because everyone in the world, every country knew what was going on. Like a Tiger Woods moment, that's very limited. A Stanley Cup moment, no chance. World Series, no chance. NBA, no chance. Olympics, eh, not everyone's watching that. So, yeah, it was a worldwide experience, which makes it the greatest world sporting event of all time. The more I say it, the more I believe it. Some uh, some more news closer to home in Ontario here. Um, I don't know if you guys remember the days of uh, when Doug Ford first announced his first provincial election. He promised to let corner stores sell beer and wine. And that's somewhat true, as 7-Eleven will soon start to be able to sell beer and wine in-store. The chain secured a liquor license to serve alcohol, but at a restaurant. So next time you're in uh, the beautiful municipality of Leamington, head to 7-Eleven where you can wine and dine your date with beer, wings, coolers, chicken wings, potato wedges, and pizza. So, uh... 7-Eleven has been doing this in Alberta, and they have uh, have had some success. So they're going to do it more over all over Ontario. Okay. Who's going to 7-Eleven to eat and uh, drink, I guess? Okay, so a lot of people do, because we discussed this before we started recording here, how um, the 7-Eleven experience in the United States is very different than here in Canada because of the food selection. I've never eaten 7-Eleven food. Except for like uh, potato chips, whatever. But uh, they got your taquitos, you got your hot dogs, you got slices of pizza, you got wings. And it's times like 10 in the United States. And producer Tim was wondering out loud, why do people buy there? Well, because it's cheap. 
they're they're on a budget. They're in the middle of their workday. They need a quick bite to eat, so they're going in there to Seven Eleven, getting their uh, their Jolt Cola or their Monster Energy, getting their slab of pizza, and getting their uh, lotto ticket, and moving on with the rest of their day. But in all the Seven Elevens in my life, I've never seen a dining area. And I see nothing but problems because the poor 7-Eleven counter staff, they're already dealing with drunk people coming in, getting their snacks, getting their Uber to stop by. They're running in there, being belligerent, being drunk. But now they're going to have them come in and sit down and be belligerent and drunk and then have to worry about their IDs. And these aren't responsible alcohol. Hey, Maxie, Maxie. Hey. Are you okay? Okay. He's coughing or barking. What are the other? These are not responsible alcohol drinking humans. These are people wanting to get. They want to get up. So they're going to be shotgunning beers, shotgunning coolers, making a mess. Imagine. The trash, (laughs) imagine how sticky those tables are going to be. They're sticky without booze. Add booze. They're very sticky. It's like a, it's like sleeping in a Krispy Kreme kitchen. Oh my God, what are they thinking? But I will go and check one out. Because I just... I'll just uh, pretend I'm browsing. I'll just be like, oh, let's check out the uh, chip selection and then just side-eye everyone in the the 7-Eleven dining area. I'm like, oh, get my phone ready. There's going to be a lot of videos from the 7-Eleven dining areas that go viral. And I'll be there capturing all of them. All right, final uh, story for the day. Uh, Are you tired of Survivor or Amazing Race? Uh, How about MILF Manor, a new reality TV show coming out on TLC coming up in January. It's about a group of MILFs who live with a bunch of, you know, handsome young men in a beach villa in Mexico, but there's a big twist. And uh, I I mean, I don't even know if I want to go down that road of what the big twist is. Well, you got to tell us. Well, I mean, we don't know. I don't want to guess. What, you, you don't know what the big twist is? and you No, surprisingly, Dan, the promo doesn't reveal the biggest reason for you to tune in and oh, watch. Oh, but I thought that was the teaser you're going to tell us. No, no, no. The trailer alludes to it, but it doesn't say anything. So uh, back, uh, when was this? Back in October 15th of this year, on my Instagram, I posted a truck that was down the street from me. And this guy will be watching because on the back of his truck, it said, bang, local MILFs. And to refresh your memory, this man reached out to me, said, hey, can you tag me in that? And I said, sure. Uh, Just a question. Why do you have that on your truck? And he said, why not? I'm like, okay. So he will be watching. I know producer Tim will be watching. 
Uh, what network is this on again? It's on TLC, and for the record, no, I will absolutely not be watching. That's um, what people that aren't watching something always say. Uh-huh. I mean, are are watching something. <laughs> One person who might be watching is Tina Fey, because her, her reaction uh, was my favorite so far, because I guess they did something similar to this on 30 Rock as one of the fake oh, shows. Oh, yes, they did, yeah. So yep. she quote tweeted it and just said, huh, this seems familiar. Hmm. I'm going to have to go back and watch. If you want to binge a show, 30 Rock is one of the greatest shows ever put on TV. Alec Baldwin, a tour de force. Watch 30 Rock from start to finish. And it is just spectacular television. I'm uh, watching Seinfeld from the beginning. No, that's a lie. I skipped season one. It's uh, it's like watching the, the first season of The Simpsons. Can't do it. They hadn't uh, worked out all the kinks. Characters were just, they weren't there yet. So I started episode one, season two of Seinfeld. And it's like, yeah, they're almost there. That first episode, season two, you're like, yep, yep, they're almost there. Now I got to go find that episode of 30 Rock. And uh, are they coming out with Dilf Island ne- next? Hopefully. Hopefully. Maybe you'll get the call, you know? Head Dang. over and... Uh... Since that person always uh, always texts our line saying I'm a Dilf, so Dilf Island, here I come. Uh, <laughs> I, I got to watch this show. Uh, this is great. Uh, guys, I didn't get your take. Was Sunday's World Cup the greatest sporting event Ever. Yes or no? Yeah. Okay. It's one vote. I mean, objectively, yeah, probably is. But I don't know. I always find those things that mean more if you have, like, if you're invested in it. Like, if you're an Argentina fan, that was the greatest thing you've ever seen. But, you know, I always think, like, back to Leaf games and Bills games. Well, there's not many of those, I guess, but... You know what I'm saying. It would mean more if I was Argentinian or French. I I had... uh, I wasn't cheering for either team, but I was nervous, edge of my seat. I didn't need to be cheering for someone. And I found it just as thrilling. But yes, if you're a French fan, you're like, well, they just won it anyway, so they don't care. Didn't they win the last World Cup? They sure did. Nah, see, they're fine. They're fine. You got your World Cup. Let Argentina and Leo Messi have this one. And let the world rejoice. They're, they're going to be partying for about two years in Argentina. If you saw that the uh, drone shot from Buenos Aires, there's a lot of people there. And COVID? She gone. No more COVID. COVID is gone. Uh, and so are we. Uh, thanks for tuning in to, uh, thanks for tuning in to, I turned into an Irishman there. Thanks for tuning in to Funday Monday. We're back for uh, our regular episode. This is our uh, Monday uh, weekend recap. Regular episode, which is going to be our Christmas episode of Boomsies. We'll be at Wednesday. Maxie and I will see you then. 
Thanks for listening to Boomsies.